Welcome to the second episode of Hammock Talks, hosted by Kiana Kazemi, the Editor-in-Chief at The Leaflet. Okay. Hi, Jed and Sarah. Thank you both so very much for being with me here today. Um, so before we get started, I would love for you to introduce yourselves um, and then we can get started talking about the Students of Color Environmental Collective, um, a club on campus that we are all very passionate and love dearly. Um, so Jed, if you'd like to get started. Hi, thanks, Kiana. Uh, my name is Jed. I use they, them pronouns and I'm a fourth year studying society, environment, and double binding global poverty practice and city planning. I'm Sarah, and um, I use she, her, her pronouns. Um, I'm a senior studying environmental economics and policy, also double minoring, um, with global poverty practice and Asian American studies. Beautiful. Thank you both so much. Um, I'm so excited to be here with you and um, get to hear a little bit more about SCEC and the work that we do and just let our listeners know about some of the exciting things that we have coming up um, over the next couple of months. So um, why don't we talk a little bit about what SCEC is involved with, what our overall mission is, um, and what is kind of the goal for um, the Students of Color Environmental Collective and why was it created? I can take this first question. We'll start with what it is. Um, SCEC is intended to be a healing space for students of color, um, especially in this like white dominated environmental injustice spaces on campus um, and beyond campus. To learn more about our identities, about environmental injustices and justice, um, and to find community and find uh, spaces for us to have conversations about how our identities interact with environmental issues. SCEC has quite a number of projects. In addition to our regular meetings um, and community building on campus, we have quite a project such as the Students of Color Environmental Collective Mentorship uh, in partnership with the College of Natural Resources, as well as running SCECCON, the Students of Color Environmental Co Collective Conference. Yeah, in addition to the mentorship program and SCECCON, um, we've also been involved in teaching diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings for GSIs in the uh, College of Natural Resources in the S1 department. Um, and we've also like organized grad student panels, um, socials, retreats, and just a bunch of programming to um, improve the livelihood of students of color on campus and you know, just like as Sarah said, provide a community space for us to be together, heal together, and grow together. Thank you both so much. Yeah, I, I think part of my experience at SCEC has been so much about community building and kind of just discovering that I'm not the only student of color in the environmental space at Berkeley and it's okay to come together and have these conversations, especially when there's so much that we go through as students of color um, in a really whitewashed, white dominant um, kind of movement. So it's been really lovely to be a part of this community and just be able to um, really understand and share experiences with other people that share those experiences with me. Um, so I would love to hear a little bit about Skek's history, 
when was it created, how did it come about, and who are some of the, uh, the founding members and um, you know, why were they like, hey, let's build this community together? Yeah, so as the story goes, basically um, in 2015 at the California Sustainability Student Coalition com- Conference, um, our two main co-founders, Dennis Uya and Eva Malis were at this conference and um, they were some of the like only students of color there and everybody else was white. So uh, Dennis approached Eva and was like, hey, would you want to start a group for stu- students of color and talk about environmental issues? And the way that he describes it, because I've inter- interviewed him before, is that um, Eva was the right person at the right time in the right place. So they kind of linked up and that them two, along with Christy Jutman and other uh, initial founding members, were able to start meeting. And it was very simple at first, just three to six members weekly. But they they met weekly, and that's the important thing. And they actually spent the first like year and a half, like one of the main things they did was trying to figure out a name for themselves. And it, it went through many iterations, um, which we have like on our like history PowerPoints. But we landed on, or they landed on uh, Skek eventually uh, in 2016. And I joined around late 2016, early 2017. Um, so yeah, that's that's really the intention is that they were, they felt isolated. A lot of people felt hurt in their classes um, in CNR and like isolated. So they wanted to bring together a space and there was a lot of initial like, positive reaction and um, a desire for this space to have yet had on campus. Yeah, and um, I think since the founding, we've really grown and um, been able to take on quite a number of projects. And I think everyone's so passionate about the projects. Um, and it's, we're still in the middle of the history, right? We're <laughs> creating history um, as we continue to host uh, events. And I know that we'll get into SkekCon later in this interview, but uh, like SkekCon won so many awards thanks to the hard work of Jed and other organizers. And I think that's a really pivotal part is that um, people outside of our community and our, our campus even are recognizing the importance of having spaces for environmentalists of color and we can lead that conversation. I think that's a really important part of this history. Yeah, that, that's super important. And um, you, t- you touched a little bit on those stories and um, on those values that we hold as Skek. Um, and when I first joined Skek, Kelly, one of um, our previous members who's now graduated, told me that um, Skek in one sentence was basically about bridging the understandings of people about environmental justice and social justice and how they intersect. And so we're going to talk a lot about that uh, today. So I wanted to kind of um, ask you both, how would you describe environmental justice to someone who has little to no background with the environmental field? Why is it so important to center environmental justice in all of our environmental work? Um, And how does that play into the work that we do at Skeg? I would say that environmental justice is um, recognizing and working on uh, environmental issues as it intersects with social issues, um, not just racial justice um, and combating like anti-Black racism, but also um, 
how it impacts public health, how it impacts how like prison abolition movements and disability movements and justice and food equity and access, things that are not necessarily explicitly environmental in themselves, how it interacts with um, environmental issues and how we can, as individuals, as a collective community, um, work on them. I think all the time about um, a really pivotal part in my freshman year at UC Berkeley was when someone said to me, there's no such thing as a natural disaster. And in furthering that, it's that like natural disasters do happen, but the human life and the cost of these disasters don't need to be this high. It's all like based in these systems that are inherently faulty, have issues, um, and a failure of community and systems to support individuals through times of disaster. And I think that that's really to me what environmental justice is, is like, how do we um, create systems and communities and infrastructure to support each other um, in the times of uh, need? Um, and I think we are facing disaster as climate change comes and, and climate change's disastrous impacts could be not as disastrous if we work together um, and have community and resilience as, as a community. Yeah, so I think if I was talking to someone who had little experience, I would think about like, you know, how to many people, the environment is considered this like, you know, nature or something separate from humanity. And um, that honestly, a lot of people don't have like the intimate experience or knowledge or anything to do with that. So if I was to talk to someone who didn't have any background, I'd, I'd ask them to think about where they spend most of their time, um, whether that's at home or their neighborhood or like the grocery store or their 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 the university campus, um, or even think back to where they grew up. And, you know, once I had them thinking about that, tell them like, okay, that's an environment. Like that was your environment growing up. And that's where you you know, currently spend your time. That is the environment in which you exist. And um, obviously you would want the environment to be clean, safe, um, free from crime, uh, like not polluted, not congested, not super noisy. Like all of these different things are, that's, that is an environment, right? And I think environmental justice is noticing and recognizing that there are different very very different experiences in people's environments that um ultimately cause harm and ultimately uh talk about all the issues sarah was talking about right so it, it is recognizing that like there are many people out there ha that have very unhealthy or very violent um, environment that they have to live with and deal with and not to any fault of their own but because of very structural oppressive forces that have caused these issues to fall into place um, and I think in thinking about that of like how all humans have an environment um, and not of not all of them are equal environmental justice is about making sure that um 
recognizing the inequality and then working towards equity of um, recognizing the differences of people's lived experience and making it better for those who do not um, have as good lives or are not as privileged and um, but also recognizing all the complexities in that right so um, I think this field is so important because it affects everybody right and no matter who you are what you are your family your you know your dog <laughs> your <laughs> all, like anybody in the world anyone you see on tv or the media or anything um they all are impacted by this right and um in order to have a just world which is what so many people at SCEC care about and want um is recognizing these inequities and how to work towards them in a just way beautiful thank you yeah i think you both really nailed it on the head you know, uh, that's why we concentrate so much on environmental justice, but also um, in teaching about environmental justice, because in order to achieve it, I think we need to better understand it and look through our work through that lens. Um, and so it's it's been lovely to be in a community where that's really valued and is at the center of everything that we do. Um, so I wanted to ask about um, the pandemic and how that affected um, our organizing and how we were able to, um, you know, manage to keep folks engaged and interested and with with community, you know, making everyone feel like we are still a community here to support each other through this really difficult time, especially because, you know, the pandemic has impacted people of color and marginalized communities uh, very differently to a lot of other people with so much more privilege. Um, so I would love to know, um, you know, like what tools have we used, maybe social media or, um, you know, how have we engaged people over Zoom um, and what has been really effective in uh, holding that space and that community together? Sure. Um, I would like to like maybe go back to the early times of the pandemic when it first was very clear and obvious that it was going to change things. We were right in the midst of planning for what would have been StuckCon 2020, um, which was um, the sec would have been the second iteration of our conference. Um, and despite putting in a lot of work to it um, as a collective, um, as the organizers, we agreed that it was going to be for the betterment of the community yes holding space is important and having these workshops would be important but also even though we were a month out from it um caring for our communities in the sense of um protecting our elders we didn't know at the time what that was going to look like so and planning for that and being very clear and communicative with people who are excited about the conference like um we need to change and, and our way of organizing needs to change um for the betterment of our communities and I remember at that time, people were just saying that, oh, the pandemic is a great equalizer. And I remember us sitting around the table on campus going like, that's not going to be the reality. And we've seen that um, with data that's coming out about how um, people of color are on the front lines and are more likely to contract and not have the health insurance and health care that they need um, during this time and a whole bunch of other injustices. Um, but with that in mind, um, we prioritized people 
taking care of their own communities in the way that they needed to. And I know a lot of us um, as individuals um, supported mutual aid efforts during the early days of the pandemic and some still do. Um, but then over the summer when we transitioned online, um, we really met, still met every week. I think like Jed was saying, like meeting every week is really important and give, give a space for us to come together and talk about uh, our concerns, our fears, and also like have some semblance of community despite being distant. And I remember really looking forward to those weekly meetings during the summer and allowing people time to prioritize ourselves and figure out what this pandemic might mean for us. And as we moved back to classes during the academic year, even though it's been virtual, um, I think that we've really continued to engage people as one of the only clubs that are still doing, uh, I think, impactful engaging work even during the pandemic, um, allowing us to pivot to um, engaging people online and planning for things online has been very, very interesting. I think uh, a huge learning experience for myself and social media has played a big part of it. I know more about social media than I thought I ever would <laughs> now that we're trying to organize online. Yeah, I think just like the meeting is really important. And then beyond that, like we played a bunch of games together and I think Among Us played a big role in uh, some of those summer meetings um, to just bond the, the group together more and just have people to like lean on during times of like uncertainty and isolation. Um, and I think that that help that, um, you know, forces of our previous programs that have really been engaging that like were allowed us to have a solid group of people who were in SCEC before the pandemic started. And it, it, it was a time of crisis. And I think that many people in the org like leaned on it more. And I think that I'm glad that SCEC was able to do that for people um, during that time and also we've we've been focusing on that because honestly that's that's like what our group has been about um is supporting each other through tough times um and you know thus like once we support each other through tough times then like being able to like really enjoy and appreciate each other in like the good and stable times as well um so I think that like just just gathering and meeting and playing games and just being together and, um, and sharing has really helped um, us ground us in like uh, the work that we're doing with the conference and um, also yeah just changing up like our perspective and approach to how we organize things and um, thinking about like what people need in this time right and yeah kind of i think like that's kind of what we were trying to do with skatcon this year we know that it, it's still pandemic time we've been a year in this pandemic times and we have a lot of great ideas but also didn't want to like overwhelm people so trying to spread out our events a little bit more and instead of packing them into like one weekend or um, one week so I think that's been helpful just <clears throat> thinking about like reducing the amount of screen time that people are already spending so many time so much time on and uh, thinking about how our programming also affects like other people and we've also 
Um, and so you can add on this too, but we've also done some like pretty creative events that we have coming up. We have a, a plant parent event where we're giving out um, planting materials and also like a, a book and cook event um, where we're like sending people books and um, like ingredients to cook with. And yeah, maybe if you want to expand up and talk about craft cult too, Sarah. Sure. Yeah. And I think what like this time has allowed us to do is um, really partner with other organizations that are struggling to uh, engage students on campus and like give resources where they are needed. I think um, in a sense, SCEC is a resource provider in that way during this time. We're not just doing advocacy. We're not just doing education, but we're also trying to really hone in on the community, like community just by being together <laughs> uh with that we've been blessed with a lot of funding which makes organizing a little bit more stressful but we've been blessed with funding to do things and have um the ability to pay for students to get involved with things that they might not have been able to do beforehand including yeah plant parents um and also the book and cook event where we're buying books and also uh giving out uh, gift cards for folks to buy groceries to cook along um, with our event. Uh, the uh, the Craft Cult event was really pairing up with um, Kelly Chang, who's already been mentioned on this call, about uh, like just doing art and finding time to not work on anything real serious, but also still like find community and do it together. Um, and it's like some of these like items are like sustainable. They're all sustainable, but they're um, expensive. They have, some of these have really high costs. And so we're able to help offset those costs and allow for communities to still be with each other, not chemically, not physically, but um, to sh have a shared experience, even if we're not physically together. And I think that that's something that we really can do well. We really do well in SCEC, uh, keeping people engaged uh, both on campus and off um, all across the world. You, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Something that I am so incredibly impressed with about Skeg, just like constantly, is our ability to not only have really, really great ideas about how we can engage our community, about these events that we can have, even with so many challenges um, because of the pandemic, is how we are able to make them happen and really follow through and be so consistently like incredible and uh, that, like Sarah and Jed, you're both such big parts of making that happen. And I'm just so thankful constantly to be learning from you and um, being able to create these spaces. Um, so before we actually get into SketCon, I wanted to ask one more question. I know you both touched a little bit on the amount of funding that we've been able to get. And I think that has been so, so, so important in our ability to do all of these events and all of these amazing things. Um, so I wanted to ask a little bit about our funding, how we're able to get that, and any advice you have for other organizations that have these values, have these ideas, and want to make them happen. What has been your experience with applying to, for example, TGIF funding um, and being able to retain all of that funding and being able to process it and give it out to people? Because I know that can be really difficult, and I'm sure a lot of other people would like to have some insight onto that process that 
haven't been able to gain that experience. So if you want to quickly touch on that, I think that would be great. Yeah, so Skek actually had zero money for a long time. Um, money wasn't really on our radar. I mean, we like talked about it and we did some fundraisers here and there, but internally we didn't really have too much money. We, we did a lot of the, our initial campaign um, and the, the first iteration of our mentorship program, like completely like volunteer. And so we were able to get the work done through just people's passions and you know luckily the privilege and capacity of you know the people who are able to dedicate time to these projects um and it wasn't really until the first tgif grant um for the skecon 2019 is where we actually had significant money to um do things and i think that uh was something that we've tapped into of like you know, applying to grants and also like really reflecting on what we can do with money, you know, um, and how we can use it to help, right? Like before we would like have vegan bake sales where we uh, raise funds um, for like Hurricane Maria, Hurricane Harvey and other natural disaster, quote unquote natural disasters. Um, that we just donated 100% of the funds to because we didn't actually need money for ourselves. But yeah, just I'm sure Sarah will talk about like applying to grants, getting money, and like what all of that has meant for like or like student organizing and all that. Yeah, um, in getting a lot of our grants, our work has really transformed. It's given us a lot more power and ability to do more and to bring more resources to people. Uh, and part of it, I think, is being a full-time student is a lot of work and i think it needs to be addressed that like i'm chinese american <laughs> and and uh like there's a lot of um there's a privilege to be able to do organizing work um because it is a lot of work often very low paid or unpaid and um but i think it's still important work and so in hopes of offsetting the the barriers and the cost of doing organizing work i think that's where grants are really really important and we're able to pay people for their time their knowledge their effort um we're, sometimes we're asking people to share um their trauma and in, in these events and like it's a big ask and so when grants have enabled us to be able to begin to compensate people for their time um and their input um and I think that that is so valuable. Um, in that vein, like when applying to grants, I think the biggest thing that has helped us is really forming relationships with the grant grant organizations. Um, not also not just knowing like their infrastructure and their teams and where they're getting the funding, but also understanding where their motivations come from as a granting organization. What programs are there they interested in? Um, the two bigger pots of money that we are currently granted by are the Green Initiative Fund, TJF, on campus. Money comes from student fees um, and really being able to speak to the student aspect of like what our work is doing, how we're creating space for UC Berkeley students and for students in general um, 
to learn about environmental justice issues and for students of color to find space. The other one is through the Multicultural Initiative Fund with the ASCC President's Office. Um, and again, like really honing in on like, as students on this campus, as organizers on this campus, we see a need. We see a need of people being compensated for their time, their effort, uh, because it's a lot to ask from people. And like really communicating that need, that there's these resources and things that students want to see that the school has not been able to meet. Uh, and like, that's fine. The school can give us money to meet it. <laughs> It'd be great if the school can also institutionalize some of it. But um, if uh, like taking advantage of these grants to be able to share the wealth of resources and knowledge for other students. Um, and I think what has really worked well is being very communicative with these grant organizations and organizations that are offering to fund a lot of this work is to be very clear about what impacts um, they're making. It doesn't just need to be quantitative, but like their impacts um, on student experiences and on like why conversations about environmental justice is so important and so valuable um, to the wider UC Berkeley community. Um, yeah, I just wanted to add real quick, um, for anyone who's out there listening, obviously getting grants, like applying for grants is a good way to like increase your capacity, increase your compensation and like do powerful work. So I encourage y'all to like look out for them and like just do some research to see if like your university or maybe a local, like your city even has some grant funding. But as I was saying earlier, like, you know, sometimes you just might be in a place or in a situation where no money is available. And I just wanted to highlight from earlier, like, like, obviously you need the some extent of the privilege and the organizing capacity that Sarah talked about. But a lot of SKEC's early, um, early actions were not funded at all. So uh, I think if there isn't money or if it's not possible, I think I would just still encourage that it is possible to do really great and meaningful work um, and like possible to come together as community. And it, 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 it really is um, impressive and maybe surprising on how much like community can, how far it can go with it, with like little resources. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And especially understanding Skek's history of doing this work simply because it was a necessity, you know, it was something that our community needed. And so our leaders and fellow Skek people started to create the space because they saw it lacking. Um, and to see how that growth has happened has been really, really cool. And so now that we've talked about the funding for our one of our really big projects, which is SkekCon, uh, which this year has been called Our World, Our Time, Our Voices, I would love to hear from both of you about what SkekCon 2021 is, um, how it's, it went organizing it, and also how people can get involved and join us um, in, an, in this community building uh, initiative. Yeah, so SkekCon 21, Our World, Our Time, Our Voices, um, is, is creating events and spaces of learning, not just for students of color, but for anyone who's interested about environmental justice to come and learn about um, the different perspectives brought by BIPOC folks 
um, about environment. And so we have slash will have um, events on uh, social media activism, research justice, international solidarity work. Um, we're currently going through the process of approving a lot of workshops about gender and the environment, prison abolition, and finding spaces um, for students of color to come together and just have kind of free-flowing conversations and meet each other across college campuses to hear about environmental justice work and um, like hear about what types of communities are out there and how can we support each other. I think a big value of the external facing SCEC work is bringing together people um, students, especially across university campuses, to find out like we're not alone. Um, there are other people asking the same questions and want to like work together um, on the same issues. And it's been such an eye-opening experience to see, um, and so gratifying to see um, so many people talking about these issues and working actively towards them. Um, so that's I guess Skekon, um sharing about our world, our voices for our time. Um, uh, yeah, I'll just add that like the this this year's theme is kind of a precursor to something we've been cooking up that you might you might see in the near future um, about how to reclaim environmentalism as something that is white dominated um, and problematic as we might have talked about and as our previous campaign hashtag environmentalism so white kind of addressed um but with this with this campaign we really want uh with this conference we really wanted to think about like what work and what can we do with the money that we have to make a difference during the context of the pandemic and right now and just thinking about like what environmentalism means and looks like and how diverse it actually is um, and that you know the few events that we have just barely describes the surface but also um, I think Sarah mentioned earlier the the amount of collaborations we're doing um, this semester and I think almost most of the SCECON events we put on this semester have like three to four to five organizational logos on them and also like pulling from different like universities and groups and just recognizing about like we're also interconnected and interconnectivity is like the answer to environmental justice and really finding a way to come together during this time and during hard times um, to like make great change so that's kind of what the conference like needs to me at least um and yeah we're super excited for people to come and show up and yeah super exciting if you're listening in march and april 2021 it's not too late you can visit socancollective.berkeley.edu that's called s-o-c-e-n-v-c-o-l-l-e-c-t-i-v-e.berkeley.edu um, for the full list of events and how you can get involved. If you're listening afterwards, we do plan on playing most of the recorded events also on this website. So you can check it out and um, still learn even though it's not happening live. Um, and just keep a lookout on all the SCEC um, social media um, to see how you can continuously get involved with SCEC work and support and be a good ally um, if you're not a BIPOC student.
Thank you so much to both of you. Um, I can say from my experience that Skek is a truly beautiful little space on campus, even virtually, and SkekCon has been so just astronomical and incredible. And I know for the event that we just had, it just felt like such a beautiful, beautiful way of sharing knowledge amongst people that are going through similar experiences and um, just such a beautiful amalgamation of like so many beautiful people and spaces and ideas and thoughts. And uh, we would highly recommend anyone that is interested in it um, to join us both at SkekCon and just in the Skek space in general. We have so many plans for the future and a lot of exciting events and campaigns coming up. So uh, yeah, please join us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and you can reach out to myself, Sarah and Jed at any point and um, just learn about how you can get involved uh, with our work. Um, so Sarah and Jed, thank you so much once again uh, for your time. And we will be hearing more from you soon, I'm sure. Um, thank you for all of your work. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, feel free to follow us on Spotify at The Leaflet, hosted by Cirque. As always, thanks so much for listening.